You're listening to Ari Snapshots with Jessica Strauss. Each month we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to Ari Snapshots. In this interview, we're catching up with Ari Research Officer Roberto Lujan Rocha regarding survey work he has conducted on the quality of water sourced on farm for spray application. He looked at, with others, water from bores, dams, desalinated water, rainwater tanks and scheme water. Roberto surveyed water sources in the mid to southwest Australian wheat belt region in September last year and has recently completed surveys on water quality in water sources in the Meriden area of WA2. So why is this survey work important? Well, when it comes to optimising your spray efficacy, water quality is an integral component. Roberto's initial survey showed that some water sources might fall outside the ideal ranges to ensure good spray application. He joins us now to explain the survey results. Firstly, how are you going, Roberto? Uh, I'm good, thank you very much, Jess. A little bit cold, but otherwise okay. Yeah, we're suffering in Perth today. It is the coldest day in 35 years, I think uh, Peter Newman said to me this morning. So we're going to be talking about this survey work in this chat today. How did this project come about? Well, this is a project that is part of the Water Smart Dams project, which is a project about understanding how we can make dams work in dry years. Uh, We know that climate change has created huge challenges, and one of them is rainfall. Data from the Water Corporation WA suggests that on average, in the southwest of WA, there has been a 20% decline in rainfall since the 70s. Now, 20% uh, doesn't sound like much, but it can affect stream flow, and that's uh, how much water we can capture. And it can affect it by around 80%. And if you think about it, 80% is huge. So the Water Smart Dams Project is a partnership between the Center for Water and Spatial Sciences at UWA. Ari, which is uh, myself, is doing a small part of this project. Uh, Deeper, the gr- Grower Group Alliance, and some producers, producers and industry too. Excellent. And why is assessing water quality important for good spray application? Well, uh, in order to optimize the efficacy of spray application, apart from using the correct water droplet size, equipment setup, correct spray, spray timing, correct rates, it is well known that water quality is an important factor to consider, as it can affect the performance of the herbicides. If the water conditions aren't right, it's going to lead to suboptimal weed control program, and if we don't address it correctly. So there are some important factors that we need to look at. The factors are pH, hardness, turbidity, salinity of the water. They can have a direct impact on the solubility, stability, and overall effectiveness of the herbicides. For example, if the water is hard and contains lots of minerals, those minerals can bind to the herbicides, making them less effective. On the other hand, If the water has a low pH, it can cause herbicides to break down too quickly, which means that they won't work as effectively as they should. That makes sense, Roberto. Lots of things to consider. And so did you analyse all of these different properties? What did you actually zone in on and look at when you were uh, collecting these samples? What properties did you analyse? Yes, um, I analysed all all those um, most common factors like the ones I described before, pH, hardness, turbidity, salinity, bicarbonates, alkalinity, and also a few others. Uh, When when we do the analysis uh, later on, we are going to be looking at uh, what are the effects of other things and how other things interact, like metals and other things as well in the water. 
Right. And what about current practices to improve water quality? Let's have a chat about that. Is what we're currently doing effective or could it be improved, do you think? Well, most growers treat their water. For example, in the case of glyphosate and hard water, Actually, the survey found that uh, quite a few farmers use uh, bore water for spraying, which tends to be hard. Um, the common practice is to add ammonium sulfate, uh, or AMS. The AMS binds to the calcium and magnesium ions in the water, which makes the herbicide work more effectively. In the case of farmers using dam water, turbidity tends to be higher. So to solve this issue, we add uh, aluminum sulfate, for example. This binds to the suspended particles in the water, aggregates them, and then they sink to the bottom of the dam. The issue that I found is that when I asked how they calculated how much AMS or aluminium sulfate they needed to add to the water, the most common answer that I got uh, was, I just add a couple of bags to the tank, which raises the questions of whether we are using the correct rates to address the issues, or are we being actually effective? Are we getting the most out of our weed control programs? Yeah, so it sounds a bit like uh, my loose following of a recipe, really. Uh, <laughs> with baking, you need to be particularly precise, and so maybe we need to be a little bit more precise with how we treat water. What did you find in your survey results for water quality so far, Roberto? So in the case of pH, for example, uh, the pH range from as low as 5 to over 9 the interesting thing here is that if we want to use glyphosate, for example, everyone knows that it works better in an acidic environment and it is an acid. Some literature suggests that um, glyphosate works better between a pH of 5 to 7. I found other literature that says between 4 to 6.5. So that's this sweet, sweet spot. And this is the ideal pH for the solution. So this means once the... Once, once everything has been mixed, okay? So the point is, if the solution is too acidic, it's going to degrade very rapidly. And if it is alkaline, it's going to be less soluble and may reduce plant uptake and translocation. Now, let's assume that our water pH is already at the lower range of around 5 or 6. The question I have is, uh, by how many units are we lowering the pH of the solution once we add glyphosate? Okay, so um, the literature suggests that we can lower the pH of the solution by up to two units. And this depends on the alkalinity of the water. The alkalinity is the, the property of the water to resist change in pH, okay? So this means that our solution might fall just outside of the ideal range. It might go, you know, too low in the pH, outside of this sweet spot. And therefore, it might mean that it might degrade faster which means that you have less time in the field for the application. Yeah, that is not what we want. So you could be in a situation where, you know, you're getting towards the end of that tank mix and it might not be effective in that last part of the paddock. Is that potentially what's happening? Yeah, so that's, that's correct, uh, Jess. So the, this might mean that the, the time that you have for the application is shorter. So you, exactly, if you are towards the end of your tank, maybe, maybe, the herbicide is not being as effective. So, but this is something that we need to look further to to actually understand these curves and find out, you know, exactly w how long you have for the application. There is already literature in this in this uh, area. Uh, I just don't have those facts at this point in time. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, the logic, it makes sense from a logical point of view. You know, if you've got a patch at the very end of your 
uh, paddock application that has weeds coming up. You might it might be because the tank mix is no longer effective potentially. So important to make sure that we're getting this right and that growers really understand what their water quality is so they can get that in within that ideal range. So when it comes to testing water sources, how often should growers be looking at their water sources and, and the, the pH and, and all these other factors you've mentioned? Well, during the survey, I was asking growers how often they tested. And unfortunately, uh, the answer that I get is that not often enough. Some growers will have tested their water once every few years or others said maybe almost never. But I guess, you know, depending on the water source, for example, skim water and bore water might not change too much between seasons. So maybe, maybe once every couple of years might be enough. But uh, rainwater and, and dam water might need to be tested uh, yearly or even seasonally because, uh, you know, weather conditions change, the amount of rainfall changes, and therefore the quality of the water might be changing more often too. But this is another question that we have that we're raising in this survey as well. So we did uh, the sampling at two different times. So one during winter when you have uh, more fresh water from the rainfall and then another point in time in summer. So that's the other question. Is the water quality changing between uh, seasons, you know, between between one year? And yeah, we're going to be answering that question yeah, soon after we do the analysis. Yeah, that sounds like really helpful information to have on board. And what about how spray operators and growers treat their water? How can they accurately improve their water so that their spray quality is the best it can be? Well, I, I guess the first, obviously, the first thing that you need to do is to test your water. And then secondly, uh, I guess uh, if you're not sure about uh, the chemistry side of it, which is complex, I guess you're better off just asking your local agronomist and, you know, they'll, they'll help you work out all those numbers and all those rates. And if you really want to learn more about it, just go to the GRDC website because there's lots of information there. And... Yeah, there's a lot of information there. There is a lot of information, but I'll try and find some key links to include in the show notes and I'll put that in there so you can just hopefully click through quite easily to some spray quality information. And Roberto, this work you've done so far is initial survey work and you're doing this to gauge water quality on farm as we've described in this chat. But how will you be progressing with this project? Um, Well, actually, as I was saying before, you know, there's so much information that there's so much information that it's actually not very easy to find uh, very easy, straightforward information so that you can apply it, okay? Uh, so when I was doing my reading, yeah, I found lots of information and there's lots of literature and there's lots of numbers thrown everywhere. So one of the things that we want to do is be able to create a tool that makes all these uh analysis way easier for you. Just imagine, for example, uh, when you have a swimming pool and you take your your sample of water to the store, they test it for you and then they tell you you, you need to add this much of this stuff, you know, to correct your water. So that's kind of the idea so that we can you can test your water and then put the numbers in this this tool that we're going to have and then this tool should be able to tell you you need to add exactly this much of this, you know, chemical or whatever to maximize 
uh, your sprain efficacy. And also at the same time, we're going to be conducting um, some field trials with some industries because uh, another point that we want to, s to show is that potentially we already have a lot of technology that, uh, and, um, that companies, that industries have already to, to treat your water. And maybe we just don't know it that much. So what we want to do is we're going to be working with these industries to, to trial their technologies and see what works best in which situations. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the other thing to highlight here as well is why this is so important. And, you know, obviously you're potentially losing your spray efficacy, which leads to, you know, potentially spending money on herbicide that you're not getting the use out of. But also would this have other implications like, you know, potentially selecting for resistance if you're not killing all those weeds that you thought that you were going to be killing if some of the herbicide application is no longer effective? I guess there is always potential for that, you know, if you are actually, you are potentially underdosing, right? So that will eventually lead to herbicide resistance. Um, now that you mentioned this, um, I this is reminding me of another survey that uh, Marie Street did over east in the eastern states. And he told me about how he surveyed 180 different boards. And the reason one of, I think uh, I think the reason is because he heard that the water quality wasn't very good and uh, he heard some comments of people saying that they had resistance, okay? But then when he was doing the testing, he wasn't finding resistance himself. And then after he analyzed the water quality, then he realized that water quality could be one of the issues. Uh, so some farmers weren't getting the level of efficacy that... Uh, they could have and um, potentially they were thinking that they had resistance when in fact it was just a matter of the water quality. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's a real uh, example of why you need to get the fundamentals right as well. Thank you so much for explaining this project. We'll keep everyone updated on how you go with it and any new information that comes out. Any final comments, Roberto? No, that's it. That's your water. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>